Good morning. Just a reminder, uh, following our service today, we'll be having a voters meeting downstairs uh, during our Bible study hour where we will be reviewing and voting on this upcoming fiscal year's budget. So if you are able to stay, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Also, I will be heading out on vacation on Thursday of this week. Uh, Pastor Oster will be here on next Sunday uh, to provide you word and sacrament. If you are in need of any pastoral emergencies for the week that I'm gone, uh, feel free to call the office. And uh, we do have a pastor on call from Good Shepherd out in Whitehall, Pastor Mackey, who will be able to help us out in any emergencies. The Old Testament reading for this, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, is from the 20th chapter of Jeremiah. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout, violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. If I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, There is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering. Terror is on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him, say all my close friends, watching for my fall. Perhaps he will be deceived. Then we can overcome him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble. They will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts, who tests the righteous, who sees the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them. For to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord. For he has delivered the life of the needy from the hand of the evildoers. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the sixth chapter of Romans. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves... You are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness." I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your member as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, 
So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child. And children will rise against parents, and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, You will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden, that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, Jesus said something wonderful. Jesus said, Whoever acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. That's such good news for us, isn't it? As we confess in this world that we know Christ, Jesus will confess to his heavenly father that he knows us. That's great news. But then in almost the same breath, Jesus said something else. It was almost a warning. Jesus said, But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. So this means if we deny being followers of Christ in this world, then Christ will deny he knows us in the world to come. 
it's hard to think Jesus could deny knowing us. We think of Jesus as welcoming children to come to him. And he does. We think of Jesus welcoming sinners and eating with them. And he does. We think of Jesus as welcoming his church into heaven. And he will. He really will. But if we refuse to allow Jesus to be our savior now then why should we think he would be our savior on that final day? As Jesus himself said, whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. This can be a bit scary for us to think about. It's scary because after all, who of us here has been faithful to Christ perfectly? Who of us here has been ready every second of every day to stand and confess that we are Christians and we follow Christ? It's tricky because sometimes denying Jesus happens in the most subtle of ways. A student can deny Jesus in school. When friends want to engage in some lust of our flesh and wonder, why aren't you doing what we're doing? That student may be tempted to come up with some worldly excuse like, oh, I just don't want to. But in reality, what they should be saying as a Christian is, I'm not doing that because I'm a Christian. And God does not want this for me. We can easily deny Jesus because sometimes we may feel embarrassed bringing up God in discussions we are told by the world are secular. For example, as our own country forfeits any idea of what makes a man a man and a woman a woman, we Christians should be the first to speak. We should proclaim, as the scriptures have said, that God made us, male and female. And that is a beautiful thing. But it is scary to simply rely on God's simple word to proclaim how God made us. And sometimes we just don't want to be embarrassed by bringing up God in discussions that we are told by this world are secular and that God shouldn't be involved. Well, why not? In a world that wants everyone to believe that all religions are the same, it could be tempting for us Christians to stay quiet, afraid that we may offend someone. But the fact that there is one true God and his son died for our sins should not be offensive. The good news that Christ rose from the dead So that we won't die is not offensive news. It's great news. And the fact that Jesus will return one day and bring his followers into everlasting life with him is joyous news. It's not offensive. It doesn't have to be. But so often, we're just quiet. We Christians should be the first to speak. To recognize Jesus, to share with others what Jesus is doing, to speak 
about what Jesus has warned. But so often, we can stay quiet and quietly deny him. That's why Jesus warned us. Whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. That is a terrifying image to picture of Jesus standing in heaven at the resurrection and to have Jesus turn his back on us. And he will turn his back on whoever turned their backs on him. And sometimes we've done that. At times we all have. But that is not your future. That is not what your future has to look like. Because of Christ, that is not what any of our futures have to look like. Because aside from speaking a warning today, Jesus also said, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. You see, we're not the only ones who make choices in this life about whether to follow God or follow this world. Because Jesus had to make that same decision as well, didn't he? When Jesus was coming to the final end of his earthly ministry and the cross was before him, Jesus could have told his heavenly father... No, when he was asked to be crucified for our sins. Jesus could have called out a whole legion of angels to wipe out the Romans when they arrested him, beat him and crucified him. Jesus could have done that to protect himself and to deny us. But he didn't. In the end, Jesus did not deny you. In fact, just look at the cross that we have in our sanctuary above our altar. Every time we worship, we look at that cross. Allow me to ask you a question about that cross. On this cross before you, has Jesus turned his back on you? Or is he facing you? On that cross, as Jesus turned around and put you in his rearview mirror, is he ignoring you? No, it's the exact opposite. On that cross, Jesus made a decision to acknowledge he knows you. On that cross, Jesus made a choice and said, I stand with all the sinners of this world. On that cross, by dying for us in our place, Jesus embraced all of us, confessed to the whole world that we belong to him. On that cross, Jesus held on to you so tightly. And he said, Heavenly Father, I know what they've done in their sins and I will die for their sins in their place. Heavenly Father, do not deny them because of what they have done or not done. Instead, receive them because of what I am doing for them. When you come to the Lord's Supper today, 
Jesus is here. Jesus is here to admit he knows you. Jesus is here to confess to his Father in heaven that his body was given into death. So you won't die. When you come to the altar, Christ himself is here to give you his blood. The same blood shed on the cross for you. And as Jesus soothes you with his sacrifice, comforts you with what he did for you. He reminds you that his blood was shed for the forgiveness of every single one of our sins. Even the sin of denying him sometimes. Christ has made a choice. And he has chosen to stand by you. He's not embarrassed by you. He's not ashamed of you. He does not deny knowing you, everything about you. And because of that, we should also be inspired to admit we know him. We should be strengthened to say in the face of this world that we're not embarrassed to say we are Christians and we are standing by him, however hard that may be sometimes. I know this world can be hard toward us sometimes. I know it's not always easy to stand up in the faith and respond in faith when the unbelieving world mocks us or says we're intolerant or says we're just out of touch. That's okay. Christians have always been treated this way by the world and Christians will always be treated this way by the world. Personally, I'm not that interested And how the world treats me. I'm not interested if the world treats me well. Or if the world treats me poorly. That doesn't matter to me. All I care about is how Christ treats me. And look how Christ treats all of you. With such compassion and understanding. He acknowledges all of us by dying for our sins and rising from the dead to bring us everlasting life. He did all of this so that on the day we stand before God the Father, Jesus will be in front of us, telling his heavenly Father that he knows us, he loves us, he died for us, and he rose for us. If Christ has done so much for us, then I think we can also be encouraged to confess we know him. We follow him. We confess he is our God and we worship him. Not such a bad thing to acknowledge in this world, is it? Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.